Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. For the king said to Joab, the captain of the host, which was with him, Go now through all the tribes of Israel, from Dan even to Beersheba, and number the people, that I may know the number of the people. And Joab said unto the king, Now the Lord thy God is the one who adds unto the people, however so many they be, a hundredfold, and that the eyes of my lord the king may see it. But why doth my lord the king delight in this thing that God is doing? Notwithstanding, the king's word prevailed against Joab and against the captains of the host. And Joab and the captains of the host went out from the presence of the king to number the people of Israel. Second Samuel chapter 24, verses 2 through 4. In the context of this passage, God had brought David many mighty victories by God's own hand, and the congregation of Israel began to increase. Then David began to get prideful, boastful, and arrogant, thinking that a large following reflected his greatness. Therefore did he command to count the congregation as a determination of his successes, and the Lord counted this as wickedness. In fact, because of this sin, an angel of the Lord came with a plague, and wiped out 70,000 of them in one day, proving that the Lord giveth, and the Lord can take away. None of it was because of David's greatness. In fact, it was actually in spite of him and his frailties that it was given, and this was a lesson that was needed for David, though it cost him and his congregation greatly. To learn it. I think that many among the church today might do well to be reminded of this, that God positions us all in our place in the body and calls us to do his good work and will, and that when we are obedient to it, most will not like or appreciate it. Therefore, to use numbers of followers as a measure of success is very dangerous. God had to act quickly and sternly to prevent David from developing and spreading this kind of mindset. Of the original two million that Moses led out of Egypt, only two of them made it into the promised land. Paul, after giving up all to travel, preach, and start churches, becoming the chief apostle to the Gentiles, a man whose messages are still preached in every church around the world today. Yet in his own day was he chased out of every place that he went to preach. In one city he was stoned and thrown out as dead, got up and went back in and kept preaching. Yet at the end he tells Timothy that only Luke was with him. 
and that at one point no man stood with him. Many of the churches that he himself had planted had turned against him, and most were preaching that God was against him, and that his hardships and imprisonments were evidence of this. These men had fallen to the deception that followers determined success in God's kingdom, when historically it was usually quite the opposite. Praise God when preachers preach the truth and men receive it. But the truth is that they rarely do. Noah preached righteousness for 120 years and only managed to save seven members of his own family and himself. But he changed the world doing it. A measure of success in the kingdom of God is not masses of followers, but humble obedience. Our goal is to simply hear those words on the day of judgment, well done, my good and faithful servant. So the question really is this, not how big is your congregation, but did you go where God told you? Did you stay where God put you? Did you deliver the messages that he gave you, no matter who received, despised, or rejected you for it? Because we are called to be a witness, to testify of the words of God and the teachings of Scripture and the testimony of Jesus. Those who receive it in faith will be saved by the grace it offers to those who believe, while those who reject it will give an account for that decision before the courts of heaven where we will be called once again to be a witness. Only this time we won't be witnessing to them of God's words. We will witness to God their words, that they received the truth and or without excuse. Who was a better example of this than Jesus? He who is called by God the faithful witness. He who said himself, they hate me because I come to bear witness of them that their deeds are evil. Jesus, the most successful in God's kingdom in all of existence, was not impressed by the masses. He had barely more than twelve and one of them was the devil. Yet he did the Father's will, and those few that he was faithful to shepherd changed the world, just like Noah's few, or Moses's two, or Paul's handful. My friend, get this in your spirit. Biblically and historically, those who followed the masses usually ended up following the counterfeits, the wolves in sheep's clothing, Jesus himself warned us of this when he said that they would lead many to the broad and easy way of destruction. While he reminds us that the few who were true were not usually accepted by those that they were called to speak to. Jesus tells us this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 10, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad. 
For great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Let's talk a bit about those prophets like Jeremiah, who was thrown into a pit and eventually stoned to death. Isaiah was sawn in half with a wooden saw. Micaiah was imprisoned. Ezekiel was killed. John of Patmos was exiled to an island. John the baptizer was beheaded. The disciples were martyred. Were they not successful because that they had few followers? No, quite the opposite. The counterfeits and fancy garb. In their elevated pulpits had the masses while speaking to them lies and hypocrisies that flattered and fluffed their depravity. All the while, the truth was being despised and rejected along with the ones who spoke it as those faithful few stood as witnesses before men, demons, and all of heaven for it like stephen who got a standing ovation from an angelic congregation and even jesus himself while the masses stoned him as a heretic let history bear record of them that they did the will of the father and there is no other measure of success than this that they were obedient even when no one liked it matthew chapter 16 verse 24 says this then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake, he shall find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange? For his soul. Where did the church get this idea that to be liked and accepted by the masses was a measure of success in God's kingdom? When biblically, usually, only the counterfeits, false prophets, heathens, and Pharisees had the big followings. When did we stop believing that straight is the gate and narrow is the way and few are they? that find it. My friend, I assure you of this, that if you look to be part of the crowd, then you will follow them straight to hell because that's where the many are going. They think that they will make it into heaven, but they won't. Jesus himself said this. He said that they will say on that day, that they did many wonderful things in their churches in his name, professing him as their Lord and King. But while they professed with their lips, their hearts were still far from him. Therefore will he be forced to tell them, Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. Many are they that are called but the chosen are few. The few that do the will of the Father that is in heaven, no matter who hated them for it, no matter how humble, sacrificial, or unglorious, no matter how lonely it was, to do the will of the Father was enough, even if the work was thankless 
this side of heaven. Simply to hear those words spoken to us when we enter in. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into your rest. Will be worth it all in the end. John chapter 4 verse 34 tells us this. Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look unto the fields, for they are white already to harvest. O Lord, help us to understand this and get it fully in our spirit that we are not to count the congregation or men as a measure of success in your kingdom, but simply to walk in obedience because you might send us to one who will reach a million or we might miss that one chasing after the masses and all of our labors and works be wasted, be in vain because you didn't build the house. We didn't trust what you were saying. Oh Lord, you see the end from the beginning. Let us trust in your wisdom and follow your leading. Let us be satisfied fully to do your will. For as we do your will, will we be filled with your spirit to accomplish the mission that we have been given. You have called all men to the great commission. But how we do it, how we work together as a body, how we are positioned, how we function in that commission is your prerogative for you are the head and leader of it. So in order for us to truly trust you to complete your mission in the earth through us, do we have to be fully submitted to you in complete trust and walk in obedience to the leading of your Holy Spirit? Lord, use us, whether it be in the unseen or before the masses, in the dirty, humble, lowly, and forgotten, or in what seems to be glorious. We know by what you said to Peter on that day that there's nothing that we will ever give up that you will not give back in greater abundance, though it will come mixed with persecutions. So let us not believe the lie of the enemy that you came to make us happy, accepted, and famous. You came to give us a way of escape from the judgment that is coming. And you gave us a commission to go and tell others of it even if they treated us the way they treated you for doing it. Because we're not better than our master. It would be enough on the final day to hear heaven say that we were like him, that we walked in his love, in his humility, in his power, passion, and boldness, that we drank of his cup, though it was a cup of suffering and loneliness that we said, not my will, but thy will be done, that your kingdom might be manifested here on earth as it is in heaven, because you're the only one who truly knows how to make that happen. This message was brought to you by HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.